Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Still Curtain Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Jagai, editor of stillcurtain.com. And joining me, as always, is Shane Kubis, contributor for Still Curtain. Last week, we learned about Arthur Smith. Shane is the new offensive coordinator of the Steelers. Uh, we are going to spend a good amount of our time later in the show today talking about some of the players who might not fit in Arthur Smith's scheme very well and, and maybe some of the alternatives uh, that the Steelers could look for there. Uh, also, there might be a window of opportunity now officially opened for the Justin Fields trade to happen. We're going to explore that, and I want to get your thoughts on that, Shane. Uh, let's start with some of the things happening. This week, uh, Frisman Jackson is out as Pittsburgh's wide receiver coach. Uh, had a two-year stint there. Before that, it was two years by yeah. Hilliard. Uh, what do you make of this decision? I, my problem with it is like it's hard to evaluate these receivers, and it's not so much that I think it's like a bad move to move on to mm-hmm. someone else, but these receivers, one or like especially Deontay's kind of already developed as a player. It's just that he has his quirks about him that can make him a little bit frustrating at times. And plus, the injuries have been an issue this year, obviously, too, or were an issue this year. And the Pickens, I think, did develop as like especially his route running got a little bit better, his ability after yeah. catch improved. Like, I don't think he did a bad job by any means, but outside of those two, though, there's really not much success there, right? And normally we have a lot more success developing receivers. Calvin Austin didn't really get much mm-hmm. going in his second year and really his rookie year. Allen Robinson, I think, is just kind of washed. So that's kind of, you know, maybe you don't even blame anybody for that. I think this is kind of where he is in his career. But overall, I don't think it, it's a, he did a bad job, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that there's certainly upgrades you could have, especially if they want to bring in some more receiver talent. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I think that they need a spark here because, like you said, yeah. Deontay Johnson, he was developed already before Preston yes. Jackson got here. Yeah. George Pickens was probably just winning out kind of on talent alone. Yeah, like, he was just out-talenting that. people a lot mm-hmm. the last two years. So, yeah. And, and you said it, like, outside of those two guys, like, there is nobody that's shown anything. I was hoping to see more of Calvin Austin and him more involved in the offense. Yeah. We haven't seen a ton of that. And like you said, Robinson is, he's kind of just is who he is at this point. Yeah. Uh, a guy that's going to be a cap casually for sure. Yeah. Uh, this off season, if he's not, if he's somehow brought back with that, uh, that, that price tag, I would just be floored. And so I don't think yeah. that's happening. Uh, joining Frisman Jackson out the door, apparently based on, uh, the updated Steelers website that no right. longer has these coaches listed mm-hmm. assistant quarterback coach, David Corley and quality control coach, Matt Tom show. And so I think that it was pretty safe to assume anyway, Shane, that with Arthur Smith coming in, we were going to see some, some new coaching staff hired. Yeah. And that's what I'm curious to see how much turnover there is. Ultimately. I know that Mike Sullivan is still kind of in limbo. I know that he was in, in play for the Raiders possibly as an OC, mm-hmm. especially with Kingsbury backing out of that job. Like there, there's a lot of uncertainty there, but I assume a good bit of the offensive staff is going to receive some turnover. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime that there's a change this big, Arthur Smith's going to want to bring in some of his own guys. And so that right. makes sense. Uh, some of the names being thrown out there won't surprise you at all. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. is Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall. Ella. I want to address mm-hmm. the latter. Uh, Randall Ellis currently the wide receivers coach of Detroit. So he can't make a lateral move unless the Steelers were to give him some sort of promotion. Like right. you are now the wide receiver coach and 
the pass game coordinator or something, or something, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it would probably have to come with a pretty substantial pay raise for him to yeah. leave a situation like that as well. Yeah. So with him, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. He's already got that role in the NFL for a team that is just, frankly, in a, in a better mm. spot right now than us, obviously. Like, it just, I don't think it yeah. makes a lot of sense, but, you know. No, and I think that if he sticks with that job, there's potential to move up. Yes. Maybe Ben Johnson does take a job Finally, the following year. And it, I, I know it's crazy because yeah, we just talked about how Ben Johnson is, is getting paid now more, more than his head coach, which is, which is awesome. I think it's, he can be afford to be patient because Ben Johnson did such a good job these past two years. Uh, but I think that in Antoine, Antoine Randall's case, there's no incentive to even take that pay bump to come to Pittsburgh right now, knowing that Johnson could soon be getting a job. He's a prime mm -hmm. candidate for an offensive coordinator job after that. So I think he's going to stay put. Heinz Ward is kind of interesting, and that's the yeah. other one. Uh, I'm not really intrigued by his coaching experience, per se, because he spent 2019 uh, with the Jets just as an assistant offensive coach. He tried the XFL thing. That didn't work out very well for him. But I am a little bit intrigued by just knowing who Heinz Ward is and the physicality that he offers that position. Like That's something that I can see, all right, maybe Art Smith – Ian Hines Ward, maybe that would be a potential pairing because Smith wants his receivers to block in that wide zone. Can you get Deontay to block well enough? Can you get George Pickens to uh, to, to muster up the motivation to block consistently? And so that one offers a little bit of intrigue there. Yeah, I think his his style, or at least we assume his style of coaching, is going to be more of the hard nose, like toughness-centered aspect, which if there's anything that this team lacks on the offensive side of the ball at times, especially from the receiver position, it's certainly that. So I can see that being a, a plus for these guys, you know. I think with the offensive system in place, it also does make sense because you're right, like the receivers blocking is going to be a very important part of that offense in the run game, especially, of course, so – it, it's interesting. I, I don't think he's the best option, of course, out there for just a pure receiver coach. Yeah. There's guys who have done it for longer and who have the ability to do that and have shown more success doing it. But, of course, if he's available, the, everyone's going to want them to look into it. So, Yeah, and that's the thing is you got to weigh the resume as well. I mean, Ward has been yes. out of uh, football for this long and just has a, a very small track record as yes. a coach with very limited NFL uh, coaching experience and so that has to be considered as well yes. regardless of of how physical he was when he played right. it, i do think he would bring some of that element with him sure. uh shane i want to talk about the senior bowl for a little bit because i said last week that we would kind of rehash some of the things that went down uh i don't care honestly as much about the game itself like i think yeah, it's just the script is so vanilla yeah. and everything that performances in the game they don't mean as much as what they do during the week and i think that the mm -hmm. senior bowl is just such a big uh, off-season event in preparation for the NFL draft, which is obviously that I, I can be a big turning point for teams. Uh, when we look at the Senior Bowl and you you scouted these players uh, over this past week, what were the who were some of the guys that stood out to you that the Steelers might be able to target? I think there's two guys that stand out to me that would be potential targets, uh, specifically at our first pick, right? And I wouldn't have said the first guy coming into this week just because between like position. And the fact that, you know, we we need it desperately, but there's a more important offensive line position we need. But Jackson Powers Johnson was just dominant. Yes. In the, in the, he like was. He, he was different. In a week where, like, give credit to the entire offensive line group, like most of them were phenomenal, right? Or at least showed something where you're like, okay, I understand the hype behind this guy. He was still clearly the best one there. 
and doing that as a 330 pound center who also has guard versatility not that we exactly need guard help mm. right now of course but good to know you can do it he's in play at 20 and i think he's in play in the 20s for a lot of teams right because a lot of teams in that range like the dolphins may need center really badly because connor williams might be gone like they just need interior help in general anyway like I don't see him. There was a point where we were talking about, you know, could him or Frazier or whoever be in the second round. That conversation is over. There is not, it may, it's probably already was over. We just didn't know it until we yeah. saw it in the senior bowl. But he's got to be one that you look at. And then Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. <laughs> this guy, like, the thing about him, and I wasn't looking at him as a Steelers target because of the way he played in college. He's very much that off coverage zone, like, read the quarterback, jump dump the players because he's yeah, an elite yeah. athlete, like a legitimately like four three speed type of athlete. But his ability to lock down guys in one-on-ones, like one-on-one, you're not supposed to win as a DB. Like, let's be honest. Like if you win 50% of your reps as a DB and the one-on-ones, you were doing an insane job. He was winning mm-hmm. more often than not too. Like, I think some people had him at like a 70, 80% win rate in the one-on-ones. Disgusting, right? Like you just cannot, you, you can't account. Like you have to factor that in when you're talking about a guy who, can clearly man you up if he needs to. He just didn't need to at Toledo, right? So it was it was more so not a can't do it, but didn't have to do it type of deal with him. Yeah, I was enthralled by what yeah. uh, Quinton <laughs> Mitchell was able to do. It those drills obviously favor the wide receiver. I mean, you so are one on one. There's so much open field, and yeah. and and receivers take advantage of that with like the in breaking routes. Sure. Kind of cheating sure. because they don't oh, have yeah. any linebacker safety help inside and so but even with that like even on those routes uh mitchell was awesome and so that one would be really interesting and and it would go against trend shane in terms of not the Steelers. just they don't draft non-power five players in the first round however we do have a new front office heads you know mark on and andy weidel and so i would wonder if they'd be a little bit more willing to kind of break that trend uh that, that colbert colbert and mike tomlin held for so long uh, but I think that he's about to uh, go in that range now, and that is it would be an interesting selection for sure. He had an awesome Senior Bowl week, and then Jackson Powers Johnson, this guy, it was so good on tape. Like, just doesn't lose a rep. And anytime you yeah. can get like a three hundred and thirty-four pound center, six foot three, he's a good athlete that, too. That's the thing. He, about he it. moves well for his size. He carries his weight well. He's got that big square frame, and so yeah. he's not going to be a guy. That, I mean, the, the biggest weakness of the center position since Pouncey's retirement has been Kendrick Green and Mason Cole getting steamrolled. This is not going to happen to him. If he loses, it'll be because a guy gets around him or something, which is hard to do when you're on the interior uh, offensive line. And so I'm very intrigued by him as a prospect. Um, Another guy who wasn't there is Graham Barton, who I Mm -hmm. expect to kick in and potentially be an NFL center. And he would be the other one that uh, could potentially be that guy competing for him uh, uh, with Jackson Powers Johnson to be the first interior offensive lineman uh, taken in the draft. And so we'll, I'll do a deeper dive into their tape. I've, I've, I've went through all the tackles and uh, I definitely share my thoughts at that at some point, but we'll save that for a different show. Yeah. Uh, they were awesome. I thought the rece- a couple of the receivers stood out. Roman Wilson mm-hmm. was great as expected. Lad McConkey, yeah. uh, just yeah, his an, an innate ability to create separation and kind of, kind of Deontay Johnson like that way where he yeah. can just win in every single route. And so, uh, definitely some guys the Steelers have had their eyes on. I know that Tomlin met with several of those guys. He met with mm-hmm. some of the quarterbacks even. He, he talked did. to Spencer Rattler and Bo Nix. And so, uh, and, and just to rehash really quickly, like this quarterback group was not as impressive uh, as we thought they would have been on paper. I thought that I thought that Rattler was the best of the group for sure. Um, and then there was a significant drop-off. And Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix were a little bit disappointing. Again, 
Uh, they're playing with different guys. They, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough a different scenario. Yeah. So we, we can't wait into it too heavily, uh, but it wasn't the encouraging sign that we wanted to see from them. Um, any more? Oh, one loser, Shane, that I have uh, was Kalen King, yes. Penn State cornerback. Unfortunately just so, yes. A nightmare. And I kind of hope the Steelers like cross him off the board until mm-hmm. like day three at least at this point because uh, that was really rough what, what he showed there during Senior Bowl week. Yeah, he had a rough go of it for sure. Like of all the players that played a significant amount and got a lot of practice reps, like he might have had the toughest week. It, it was just, I mean, I, I think it was Devontae Walker called him out at one point, one on ones, and just absolutely dusted him. Like, yeah, and it, it's tough because he was honestly, I mean, last year when when Joey came out, like there was people arguing about whether the King might actually be the best corner on that roster, and he just couldn't come out till this year. And then he had a rough game against Ohio State, and things kind of just fell off from there. And I, my problem with him, I just think he plays too scared. I legitimately think mm-hmm. he just doesn't trust his tools as an athlete and allow them to win or lose for him. Like, I think he's too hesitant to give himself and put himself in those positions to be aggressive. And until he figures that out or gets that edge back, I don't think he's going to be, a, like you said, maybe not even a day two pick, right? Because you can't take a guy that's playing this this poorly and hope that he could figure it out mm-hmm. unless you see something to, to suggest he's done it. Yeah. And I think that those are the things that we look for at the senior bowls, like who separates yes. themselves, like the men from the boys here. And and he would have been wise to not participate this year. If, I think if, if it was going to be this bad. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And others though, like we said, Jackson powers, Johnson, Quinion Mitchell, I thought some of the tackles did really good. Yes, uh, Fuaga from Oregon States, uh, Tyler Guyton flashed at times a little bit up and down, but there were definitely some guys who solidified their status. Uh, like in that first round range now for sure. And I'm sure uh, the Steelers will have interest in, in plenty of those guys who were there in mobile. For sure. All right. Anything else you want to share on that, Shane? I, I mean, there's some other guys like Devontae Walker could not catch the football for some reason. He could not I was, catch. I mean, he was getting open. He was showing up. He was, speed. yeah. Just the, and the hands weren't like a huge, huge issue for me. For like mm-hmm. at least from when I saw it in his college tape, like he definitely had a little higher of a drop rate than average, but not this bad. So you hope that he can clean that, yeah. clean that up because everything else he has, the speed, decent size, like it's just got to catch the football. Yeah, it was rough here. Uh, and uh, Brendan Rice too, Jerry Rice's son. Uh, thought he was a he, little bit stiff. I'd like to see a little stiff. bit more fluency stiff, from man. him, but he's just yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's got the wiggle to him, which you need a little bit of that, even if you're a bigger body receiver. So yeah, and there, well, there's whispers now that the Steelers could draft a receiver like early, like second, yeah, third which, round, day two. It wouldn't shock me uh, because. First of all, you need a wide receiver three desperately. I don't think that Austin's going to be at that guy. Unfortunately, Robinson's going to be gone and Deontay Johnson's entering a contract year. Are you really going to give him a third big contract? I mean, that's something the Steelers rarely do. It's like Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown. Is he, is he good enough to earn that third contract knowing that his price tag is going to go up even further with the production that he's had over the years. And so uh, that's something they will have to weigh. Uh, I know that I know that Tomlin is going to have interest in Roman Wilson. He just seems like their guy. And I actually, in my latest mock, I, I have it hasn't been released yet, but I have uh, the Steelers taking Roman Wilson on day two because he loves Michigan. Mm-hmm. He loves his his wide receivers that are in that mold, the guys that can separate, the guys that can do stuff after the catch. And I think yep. that uh, he will be on their draft radar as well. So keep an eye on some of those guys. And uh, yeah. if you have any questions about any other Senior Bowl players or notes. Uh, you can drop them in the chat for us. Yeah. All right. The Still Curtain Podcast is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new sleeper daily fantasy user. Make sure you use our code FANSIDED2 
When signing up to receive your deposit match, please remember to always game responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. All right, let's move on to our first big discussion topic of the day, Shane. And that is the Justin Fields trade rumor swirling once again. And I think this stemmed, though, because of Art Rooney's comments he recently made uh, to Bob Pompiani of KDKA TV, uh, where Bob asked him, uh, came right out and asked him, like, are you open to the idea of trading? I'm, I'm uh, trading for a quarterback. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And Rooney right. did not at all close the door on that. Yeah. He said that that they're leaving the door open for everything, which makes me think that it's some c- that could be on the table at the right price. And, and Pompiani did use that language at the right price. And so I think that's what it's going to come down to, Shane, the likelihood uh, of a Justin Fields trades. And that really is the one out there. I mean, there's other quarterbacks that you could theoretically trade for this is the big one that is projected to be on the market because the chicago bears have the first pick in the draft justin fields will be in a contract year uh, after this season they need to decide what to do about his contract and can you really roll the dice on fields when you have a chance to hit that reset button take a caleb williams refresh that rookie contract window uh, and recoup some draft capital out. And so I think it, for a lot of reasons, it makes sense to trade fields. And I think that that is what is going to happen ultimately. Uh, are you there as well for what the Bears are going to do? I am. I will say there's been a lot of rumblings with the way that the commanders have gone about business, bringing Kingsbury as the offense coordinator, you know, especially missing yes. out on Ben Johnson. Like there's been some heavy talks about them trying to offer something kind of ridiculous to the Bears to go up a spot and get Williams. Now, I think if that happens, if I'm the Bears, as much as I think May and I have finished the top six quarterbacks for my evaluation, like the consensus top six, I don't think May is that far off of Williams in terms of like his overall level of play right now. I do think Williams has a pretty higher, like significantly higher ceiling, but I do think May would be an upgrade overall in fields, but is it a big enough upgrade mm-hmm. where you aren't willing to go either take Marvin Harrison, right? Just pair him with DJ Moore. Or do you trade down again and get even more picks? Like, I think that would open up the door to that, maybe not being what happens with Fields. But as of right now, as we sit here, I don't expect the Bears to do that. I do think ultimately they're going to move him to somewhere for like a day two pick. And we'll talk about, mm-hmm. you know, what the compensation would actually be. But it's going to be something along those lines. And they get some more assets back to help pair players with Williams on. Yeah. And I just can't imagine them. Passing on an opportunity like this, a franchise that has been historically horrible at the quarterback position, like the last 30 years, like their best quarterback is Jay Cutler, probably. Yeah, pretty, pretty easily, actually, Jay Cutler. Like you could like Fields level play is still even a level above everyone besides him, probably. Yeah, but it's 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 definitely like Cutler by a pretty wide margin. And that's not great. And, And maybe that would be the only thing that's enticing to them, Shane, is to say, like, all right. Fields, he he's been a little bit up and down, but he's still been better than most of almost the everybody else that we've had. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think though that just man, just the opportunity to to kind of just hit that reset and move on while yeah. gaining some draft capital out mm-hmm. of Fields, which they'll be able to do, yeah. uh, is very enticing to them, and I think that's the direction they will ultimately go. Uh, Fields, we talked about, is that top trade target uh, this year, and so if you are the Steelers would you be willing to make a move for this? And and now the, the, the I will say the most recent thing that I've heard is they're probably going to be looking for a first round pick. I don't think anybody's going to bite on that. I think that a second rounder and potentially another future day two 
uh, whether that be a future second round or a future third round pick thrown in with that should be enough to get it done. And, and knowing if that is the price, would you be willing to jump on that if you were the Steelers? So it's, it's tough because and I think this is the question a lot of teams are looking at, like the, there's a, a risk reward situation where let's, let's go with the best case scenario for a team. It doesn't have to be the Steelers, but just any team that picks fields up. You trade day two capital, maybe day three capital as well. Maybe you throw in a player that maybe they're interested in or whatever. You get him on the team. Then you have to acclimate him right to the offense. You have to make sure your offense can work with what he does well, which in our case, it would. I think Arthur Smith is probably, of the offensive coordinators currently, one of the three best for his skill set, right? Because his passing game is both fortunately and unfortunately pretty simple doesn't ask a ton from the quarterback in terms of making, you know, complex decisions, making a bunch of different reads. Like it is a relatively simple passing concepts with a lot of run game. And then you can incorporate him into that run game. Then, right. So that would be fine. But the best case scenario is you trade a decent amount of capital to a guy that you then have to hand a pretty sizable contract to, and you eliminate that window that teams normally have when they get a young quarterback in the building to win a Super Bowl while being able to spend money around that quarterback. Right. So you lose that competitive advantage immediately, essentially. To me, the best case scenario in that situation is still probably not a good enough scenario to risk giving up draft picks to get a guy that might end up flaming out anyway. Right. He mm-hmm. might just not end up being on the team after a year. And if that's the case, then you still lose anyway. So I just think the potential for it to, to hit big just isn't high enough for most teams for it to make sense. Yeah. And I get that, Shane. I think I would be willing to do it. Like I, I really do. I think for for a second and let's call it a future third, if mm-hmm. that gets the job done, I think I would sign up for that. And, and I think the reason is because for one thing, nothing's more important than the quarterback position. You're you right. Argue for that sure. in all of professional sports. And so even just getting a ten percent upgrade mm-hmm. from Pickett to Fields, which I think it's going to be bigger than that, yeah. will be enough to probably get you another win or two. Maybe be able to make a push into the playoffs. I think he fits well with what he with does. Arthur Smith's wide zone offense, does. like you talked about. And so I can imagine already, like on those plays, those stretch run plays, Fields pulling the ball back out and play action on those bootlegs. And now with all open space in front of him, he has the option to run for twenty yards or chuck it down to field to a streaming receiver across the middle. Now remember, if we go back to. Uh, I, I was not impressed by by what Arthur Smith did these past three seasons. And I think no. part of that has to do with just abysmal quarterback play. It's uh, certainly what they've had to work with. But if you do go back before that and and take it for what you will, because this is, again, we are three years removed from this sample now, but Ryan Tannehill was extremely efficient. Uh, 9.6 yards in attempt led the NFL and led the NFL in passer rating uh, in his, his last year with Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator of the Titans. And so if he can revert back to that at all, I do think that fields would be, an ideal fit for that. And I think that just in general, Shane, just, I, I was high on fields coming out of the draft. I'm a little bit disappointed, obviously in, in what he's done so far as passing EPA is really scary to this point. And, and, and for that reason, I am, I don't think he's a safe trade and that's why I, I wouldn't bite on the first round pick. I don't think, I think I'd rather, no, yeah, if I'm going to invest that. that heavily, I think I would rather go with one of these guys in the draft with JJ McCarthy or something like that. And then, like you said, open up that, for your window on that rookie contract, because unfortunately that's not something you will have with fields. No, but just the way that things are lining up right now, like 
Mike Tomlin's coming back. We know how he likes to do business, run the football, mm-hmm. play good defense. Yeah. Arthur Smith is here now. He's not the exactly the most aggressive offensive coordinator that he's going to run the ball heavily. And he's going to do it at the highest rate of almost anybody in the league. You've got a, a TJ Watt who's going to be 30 years old. You've got Cameron Hayward who turns 35 this May. It, it's kind of lining up where I don't care so much about the second contract now. It's kind of like you need to win now. You really do. I mean, before this, this window expires with Watt and Hayward and you take a significant step backwards on defense, you kind of need to win now. And I do think that Fields is going to help you do that a lot better than what a Kenny Pickett could, who, by the way, has never run an offense remotely close to uh, no. what Arthur Smith is going to be doing in Pittsburgh this year. It uh, doesn't work under center. It doesn't work in play action. And people say, the people that say that Pickett is better in play action, first of all, every quarterback is better in play action. You'd be hard-pressed Almost, to find almost everyone is, yeah, I would imagine. And, and though his completion percentage is high in play action, yeah, just, it's a, not a lot of checkdowns. It's it's a it lot is. of checkdown out of play action, which I really don't care about. And that's why completion percentage oftentimes is, is just a highly overrated statistic. It depends on what you do uh, with your opportunities and you're trying to make uh, and capitalize on these big plays. And so I am certainly intrigued by Justin Fields. And if you could tell me that I could get it done for the Steelers for a second and a future third, I would sign up for that, I think, today. And I, and I think the the reason is because if it doesn't work out, it's not like you have this crazy investment like the 49ers did for Trey Lance where it's like you're trading three first-round picks to go get a guy. You can move on from a second and third-round pick. I think almost the worst-case scenario, Shane, would be if Fields truly is in that win- that that like puts you in football limbo where it's like you are just good enough where you can come back and you can do this, but do we pay you that contract? Are you going to be Daniel Jones for us? Like you don't want to end up with that guy. I'd almost rather him just be like a flat out bust. And that way you don't waste your money on a second contract. That's kind of a thing. And I don't, I don't disagree with the fact that like he would be an upgrade by a significant amount just because of his tools, right? Like, simply his ability as a runner and his ability to throw the football down the field, which weirdly enough, that's to me, at least in watching him seems to be the thing he does best in the NFL is when he has a clear line of sight and he can throw the ball down the field. We know how talented of a thrower he is. It's just that he doesn't see the field very well. Right. And it's like, that's kind of been part of Kenny's problem too. So you can't really say that that's really that big of an issue for us. Right. Cause we might get it. We're probably gonna deal with that anyway. Mm -hmm. But again, I think the issue is kind of like what you said is you want him to either be terrible or so good that the second contract is a no-brainer. And I just don't think either of those are going to happen. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I think he's going to help you be more successful, but I don't think he'll win for you in the playoffs. I think it's going to have to be the defense taking a crazy run or the offense just kind of gliding with him as part of it. And then if you don't make a surge in the playoffs, if you don't get that playoff win or two, and then you're staring down the face of, okay, do we give him the Daniel Jones contract, right? Because – $40 million for quarterbacks is in a year or two going to be the going rate for a guy who can just play. Like, it's not just going to be like, oh, like this is a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Like, this guy can just play football okay. That's a lot of money to spend on a team that already has a lot of money tied up in a defense that's getting older. And I do worry that they're going to end up forcing themselves into somehow an even more purgatory on purgatory. And mm-hmm. again, it's it's tough. It'd be very fun, I think, for the first year. It's just that second, yeah. third, fourth is where you start to wonder like what's going on. So but I get, I, I get all of the concerns. I yes. truly do. And, and my fear though, Shane is let's say the Steelers get back into the playoffs as a wild card team. I don't yes. think that's a stretch to imagine that no. they do that. If they did uh, it this year, they, next could do it year. Next year so. they, they could do it next year for sure. For sure. I, I think that Smith is obviously going to be better 
than Matt Canada was. I don't yes. think it's a very high bar to clear. He can't really be worse, realistically. But here's my concern is if you get into that situation and let's say Kenny Pickett is your quarterback, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's a solid chance that that right is now, I mean, the case. That, yeah. Maybe Pickett in a competition with J- a Jacoby Brissett or a Ryan Tannehill, something like that next year. Maybe they bring Ray- Mason Rudolph back. Right. If those are your guys that you're working with, and let's assume that Pickett is the guy at the helm, would you trust him to have enough playmaking ability to either win you or lose you the game? It, not only once in the playoffs, but three games to get the Super Bowl and four games to become Super Bowl champions. I just think there is no chance not of really that happening. Not. But I will say, if there's Justin chance. Fields were there, there's a, there's a chance of that. <laughs> there's a, a chance because he does it's have higher. a little bit, a little bit of like Josh Allen to his game where the guy can do some crazy things in the backfield, shed tackles. Mm-hmm extend the play for five seconds, whip the ball 50 yards down the field. If he can do enough of that playmaking ability uh, for like a three game stretch, you could potentially get to the Super Bowl. If you have a great defense and a great running game, which I would fully expect them to have the great running game, especially if you have Justin Fields. And so that's the part I would be intrigued by. And again, Shane, for me, it comes mostly this decision would come down to when is this window? And for me, it's like, it's now it truly is is now. It has to be. The best player of this gen, this best Steelers player of this generation, uh, in in the waning years uh, of his career now, about to enter his thirties, like you got to do it now. And Cam Hayward's going to be done, and I think that after those two guys move on, or 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 Watt becomes maybe a shade of himself at at 33, 34 years old. I mean, you, this is your window. Like I think that you have to try to capitalize on it right now, and then you can truly like if the Rooneys are willing to let you. You can truly hit the reset button like three years from now and say Tomlin's gone. Arthur Smith is gone. TJ Watt is his career is essentially over with Hayward's retired by that point. Like that's when I'd be like, all right, let's kind of completely reset this thing over again. But I would try to do everything I could personally to capitalize on this window right now. And I think that Justin Fields, I think it would be safe to say that Fields gives you at least a 10 to 15 to 20% boost over yeah. what you have at quarterback, and that might be enough. I mean, you can't win a, a, win a playoff game the way you are right now, but maybe you could go on a mini run with a, a, a quarterback like that. So what do you guys think? If you have a different yes, opinion, please drop it. Now. Yeah, drop it in the chat. We would love to be able to uh, hear your opinions on this topic. All right, if you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you would like to support the Still Curtain Podcast, please consider subscribing to the Still Curtain Podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all of your support, and Shane and I would love to be able to bring you more Steelers content each yes. week. All right, Shane, I want to talk about Arthur Smith's offense here. I know we spent mm-hmm. a good deal of time uh, talking about the Steelers' new offensive coordinator last week, but specifically this week, I want to talk about the players currently on the Steelers who might not fit this offense very well. When we look at some of the things that, that Arthur Smith does and what we he's known to do at this point, we got five-year sample of Arthur Smith calling an offense either as a head coach or as an offensive coordinator. We know that he likes to pound the football like it relentlessly pound the football yeah he likes to run in zone in wide zone uh something that is going to be a very different change for the Steelers and that requires offensive linemen to to move quickly laterally uh in, in, on these stretch runs and for the running back to get out in space and capitalize on potential cutback windows if the defense over pursues that's part of the offense we know he likes to do more play action uh, and that should, uh, theoretically, that should help the Steelers in terms of their yards per attempt, which have been really lacking when when Matt Canada throws everything like 
to the sticks or not to the stick, but to the boundaries and leads a receiver out of bounds and just offers no ability after the catch. Like I'm hoping some of this stuff goes up. Yeah. But knowing what Arthur Smith likes to do uh, in his offense that includes more play action and, and more wide zone running, there are some players who I truly question now, do they fit with the program? Like, do they, are, are they better off with what the Steelers did the last couple of years? And so I want to go through some of these names, Shane. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, and if you have anybody else that you think that it doesn't fit as well, I want you to chime in with that. But I want to start with Najee Harris. This one is very concerning for me. And I think that no, I've, I've been, again, the, the biggest Najee critic of them all. And I know a lot. It, I take it out on him. A lot of it's not his fault. It's, it's just you shouldn't draft running backs in the first round. It's as it's simple as that. I mean, it's outside of like Christian McCaffrey and, and Nick Chubb, who went in the second. You could argue that yeah. those are the only guys and Derrick Henry, the, the only three guys like over the last like decade who deserve like that first round uh, pick status because running backs are just typically pretty easy to find. And we saw that with Jalen Warren. James Conner was awesome for the Steelers. He's awesome for the Cardinals. They only spent a third round pick on him. I'm rambling at this point. But right. when we look at Najee and what he was able to do this past season, it, I think it was by far the best year of his career. I was oh, very pleased easily. with what he easily, was able to do. Yeah. But I think what makes Najee good is when he can get a hole on that offensive line and run through the A gap or the B gap and kind of build up that head of steam, he becomes that juggernaut where it's like it's hard to bring him down. He'll throw a guy off of him. He'll get to the second level. I really can, I'm really i really concerned with the new style of offense. Now we're going to be doing a lot more lateral movement before you cut it uphill or back across the grain like we've seen Derek Henry, Henry do hundreds of times uh, in that style of offense. Is this what's best for Najee? And Shane, is there a chance that Najee takes a step backwards this year, knowing that that's going to be the game plan? So I think this one is really difficult for me because if you look at his, his version of wide zone, historically with Arthur Smith, there is a bit more of a physicality and power element to it than traditional like Shanahan wide zone, right? Yes. So I think there's more potential for Najee to be able to fit it than say if he was like with Shanahan or if he was with even a McVay or someone like that. I think that would be a worse fit. But I do think if you want to maximize Najee, right, after a career year last year, he has to be willing to switch up some of the run calls that he's made and do a little bit more of the true power element, right? If he doesn't do that, I do think that he isn't a great fit then. He's a good enough fit. I think he's going to remain effective. But if you want the version you saw the last eight games or so of Najee this past year, you're probably not going to get that in this offense if it stays the same. And the thing he has to understand is, yes, if you look at their height and weight, Henry and Harris are similar sizes, technically. They're not similar players, right? And I, I wonder if Arthur Smith is going to look at Najee and be like, man, it's a big, strong guy. I'm going to let him run to the outside and just run over people once he cuts up. It's like, that's not really his game, right? Like, it just isn't. Mm -hmm. um, and so he certainly is the most questionable fit, I think, of the, of the players on offense to me, um, at least the prominent players on offense, because of his style that he showed this year that worked for him, which was, again, the power – the gaps, like that type of stuff. That's what he still needs to be doing a lot of the time, in my opinion. We'll have to see if he mm -hmm. is willing to do that. Yeah, and despite Najee's shockingly high explosive play rate this yes. past year, like I, I just don't think that he's going to be the guy that gets yeah. laterally fast enough. Like you need 
faster bat. And like Henry is just inhuman that way where he could just turn on the jets and blow past. He has, he has a gear that, that so. guys, his, his size just aren't supposed to have. Right. Like that. And that's mm. the biggest difference is like, Najee has definitely some lateral quickness. It's that he doesn't get up to speed as fast as Henry, even though Henry does take some time to get up to speed. Once they do get up to their top speed, Henry has a significantly higher gear than him, right? It's just, it's just the, the truth. Yeah. Of the matter. So unless Najee's going to start to slim down, kind of like take maybe a page out of Le'Veon Bell's playbook, whenever mm-hmm. he came here, uh, speaking of him, that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> um, it Unless he's going to do that, I don't think he's, like you said, I don't think he's an immediately good fit for that. Yeah, and you talk about Bell. Bell is talking about making a comeback. Uh, I don't know, but I think that that is I, ship has sailed. I could care less, but good for him if he it, Yeah, I mean, it's it's something a talking point, I guess. It's, that, it's that fun. nothing more yeah. than that. The guy's thirty two years old. He hasn't played football in two years. He burned his bridges with the Steelers. And Bring so, him to camp. I see could, what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, it's but yeah, you you hit it with with Najee, and I just I, I just do question this fit, and it makes me wonder like how is he going to fit in here? Like I I can certainly see a scenario where if they are, if they, if Arthur Smith sticks true to this and they do a lot of the wide zone stuff, I think it's going to be very evident that Jalen Warren is just a better fit in this offense than Najee. And it's, it's too bad for him and his career path, but, and I, I don't want to count any, any of my chickens before they hatch here, but I, I think that uh, this has the potential to, to be kind of ugly and have him kind of take a step back the other way when he's coming off of his best season. Mm-hmm. And it's why I question, uh, going out and getting a running coordinator when the only thing you could do anyway last run year Shane, was run the football in a gap scheme. And so it makes me question what is, what's Pat Meyer doing here? Like, does he fit with the program and in this style of blocking? It's, it's just an interesting decision. The hiring of Arthur Smith, when you were already one of the league's most efficient running teams, you had one of the league's most efficient running back duos. I, I think that there's not a lot of room to go up, but there is a lot of room to go down if you don't get this right. Like if, if yeah. people don't get with the program and are able to make all these adjustments to the new offense, I, I fear a little bit what could happen and you could potentially take a step back at least early in the year. Right. Uh, the next guy I want to talk about is Pat Fryermuth. Another guy who like I, I would bet, Shane, I would, ha- I would venture a bet that Fryermuth was out there hoping for like a Cliff Kingsbury or one of these guys that run like infinite 11 personnel, because that's where he, I mean, that's who he is. I mean, he's a glorified six foot five slot receiver. Like he needs to be a joker tight end. He is not a Y tight end. He is not a guy that's going to line up in line and bully the guy that he goes against as a blocker. That is just not his game. And I know that Fryermuth isn't the twitchiest or most athletic guy, but he is a smooth mover in space. He's a natural athlete. He's he can pluck the ball out of the air. He can run after the catch. That is his game. It does not come as a blocker. And we have a big enough sample now that we know that. The problem is, Shane, knowing what Arthur Smith likes to do in getting these heavy packages on the field and getting 12 and 13 personnel, even, is that going to be something that is going to be an issue? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Thank you and just a dampener on Firemuth's career path. I th- I think it's really tough because like tight ends have been a factor in his offenses in the past in the passing game, but they've been tight ends that can do a little bit of everything for the most part. Johnny Smith is kind of the ex- exception. I don't view him as a very good blocker, but he's a good blocker on the move. And that's maybe where if Pat is going to be a good blocker in the NFL at any point, it's probably going to have to be as like a move piece. Like we get him on a, yes. on a mm-hmm. runway and let him and run out in front of someone. And maybe this, if they do go to more of a wide zone, maybe he is going to be better at that because he has a good mover in space. He could probably mirror guys in front of him pretty well, get in the way, like, I'm hopeful that this isn't going to be a bad fit because we saw how little he was used last year, even when he was healthy. I think his targets are certainly going to go up overall, even if the success in the run game might suffer a little bit mm-hmm. from it, from him being out there a lot. But I don't think Washington is enough is complete enough of a tight end at this point to to kind of supersede him in any way. So I think he's going to have to play a lot of end line, and it's just going to be how successful is he at it, especially as a blocker. Yeah, and everybody's been joking, like, all right, get Washington's ready for Connor Hayward. Yeah. Now it's yeah. in the passing game, at least, yeah. because it, it always seems like an Arthur Smith offense, like you use that H back all the time, too. Yeah, it's, and so. it's but Washington, like, I, I think that that's that guy's going to go the opposite direction. I think that this is great for Washington. It is good for him, out. especially. Yeah, I would say he he is that mammoth, true inline blocking tight end, and so I think that uh, yeah, again, he probably won't get a ton of work in the passing game, but I think he's going to. He's going to thrive with with what Arthur Smith wants to do. Yeah, but I've always just I, I've always seen Fryermuth as a guy that's like, all right, you're probably like a way better player, like on, on like the, a Chiefs offense or something oh, yeah. than, than sure. you would be here. Just for like sure. eleven personnel, wider splits on the offensive line, like more true pass sets. Like I just don't think this is going to line up with his game at all, unless Arthur Smith is willing to maybe move him around and have him play some H back or have him do some other stuff that uh, it, that excludes just being like an inline guy. Cause that is not where he thrives. I think we've, we've seen that enough uh, over the years. Yeah. For sure. uh, anything you want to get to here, Shane? Now, there's a quick uh, chat. We just got here. Uh, realistic for agents. You expect the team to be interested in. We will definitely get into that once we get into yeah, the off sure. season a little bit more. Um, so stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. We'll talk about that. Generally though, we're probably talk a lot about corners, a lot yes. about, you know, possible if we don't want to go center early, maybe some centers. It is a decent center class for agency. Um, just interior offensive line, you know, tackle corner. That's, that's going to be the big ones probably. Yeah. Plugging holes in free agency is typically what the team does. And I know Shane, I've told you, I've been a proponent of, I'd rather spend big on a good free agent right. rather than piece my money out for a bunch of Miles Jackson, Levi Wallace's and Mason Coles of the world that just don't make it a little better with that last couple of years. We got ourselves to James Daniels. Cimalo, that that is true. That, I did so. like Daniels a lot. Like Daniels yeah. was 24 years old after, after mm-hmm. free contract, which is insane. And yeah, so he was young. that, that was, was young. one of the signings over the years that I liked. And so it hasn't been a colossal failure every time. No, uh, but, but there are a few names that we'll definitely highlight for sure. Like Lejarius need is one of them. Oh, yeah, Jalen Johnson. If he gets there. Yeah. Jalen Johnson could be hitting the market as if well. If he gets there, so, if he gets there. Yeah. 
Uh, definitely some some names that I would love to be able to patch that hole, get that taken care of, and then you don't have to worry about that in the NFL yeah. draft nearly as much. Uh, but sure. we will talk about that on a later show for sure. But good question there. Uh, let's talk about uh, the third name I have here, Shane, and that is Deontay Johnson. This one I could feel like can go either way. I, I know that I think it's reasonable to say Deontay has probably already seen like the most targets in a season that he'll probably ever see in his career. Like, I yeah, think- I mean, it's hard to top what he's done in the past for most players, let alone yes. you know, later in his career. It is. Him, it, so, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's a high mark now that George Pickens is there. I mean, the Steelers are going to be running less of these true, like 11. I mean, Arthur Smith worse in the league at 11 personnel. So that that's not happening anymore. Uh, that's going to go way downhill for the Steelers. And so, he does need his guys to be able to block and even mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position because you run so much wide stuff. Is this going to be an issue for Deontay? Like, how do you see this one going with him? Because I can honestly see this either way, but I would venture a guess that this is actually going to be worse for Deontay's uh, career path where uh, in the quick passing game, Deontay's a guy that can create quick separation. We know that he's been proven to be one of the best separators. Is that kind of ne- going to delegate some of the stuff that he does best where just getting open quickly? I think the problem with him ultimately is that you have the – like with Pickens, you should have the kind of like – I like Pickens much more than this player, but the Corey Davis type, the bigger-bodied athletic receiver that can get down the field, that type of stuff. What we don't have – when I'm, I'm focusing on the Titans years for him because obviously that's more mm-hmm. of, an in, of, of an indication of what I think he wants to get back to or what he wants to do. I You don't have the A.J. Brown. Right. That that's kind yeah. of the, the receiver type that we don't have that I think we need if this offense is going to be as effective as possible. We know Deontay can separate. We know he can get down the field. Like I expect him to still be a good part of the offense, but I think a lot of the easy yards, right? Like the like you talked about, like the mm-hmm. quick releases, the out routes to the to the sideline, the little curls he'll run on trying to get a guy to go vertical and then stop on a dime and get like I don't think we're gonna see as much of that stuff. So he is going to have to make some more players on crossers and stuff over the middle of the field. And I want to see that, but I also don't know if it's necessarily going to be his game, right? That's kind of the thing. And also we know after the catch, which is a huge part of of a passing game like this where it's simple concepts, you just want to get the ball to your guys, he's very hit or miss. Like he has all the skills to be good after the catch. But sometimes, as we know, he likes to just decide to start running backwards for some reason or he (laughs) – is a little loose with the ball or whatever. Like it, I think Pickens is going to be in a good spot. We'll probably talk about him a little bit in our next thing. But yeah, I would say of the top two receivers, Johnson gives me the most pause with this offense. Yeah, it's uh, Pickens is easier to see how he fits because yes, at least he's got the frame sense. and yes. the ability. If he has the willingness to block and do that kind of stuff, yeah, uh, I think that he fits that scheme better. But we talked about this. I mean, Arthur Smith just doesn't run. 11 personnel he runs no. the least amount of true pass sets and, and it's the splits are ugly like when he gets back in those and you're just out of 11 personnel running true pass sets he's not good at it and so yeah, just not it, you yeah. wonder and that's where Deontay is best I think yes. because he can be that first read uh for for Kenny Pickett or whoever the quarterback ends up being and knowing that he's going to create that separation and so uh, I do wonder if, if his impact on the team overall is going to go down uh now that we have a new offensive coordinator so uh, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Uh, the flip side of thing here, Shane, some players that should improve in this offense, and we'll just name a couple. I've already named one in uh, Darnell Washington. I think that 
this is the type of team that Darnell needed to be on from the get go. Really, I think that uh, that's how he thrived. It's 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 not exactly like his offense at Georgia, but he's going to play a lot of inline stuff that he mm-hmm. already. Did. But I think it's going to I think it's going to work better when you're not doing this uh, out of Matt Canada's offense, so to speak. And so I, I think that uh, this is going to help him take that next step. He was very up or down, uh, very inconsistent, even getting out in space as a blocker. I don't think you'll have to do uh, quite as much of that uh, this year. But is there anybody else on this offense that you think is going to be better uh, in Arthur Smith's scheme than the guys that we just mentioned? So I'm going to say better for Jalen Warren, even though Warren has already been phenomenal um, in terms of his yards per carry and everything. I think this is just like, as much as he has the toughness and he was really good as a power runner, like just, I could see a cutback coming from him and him just explode up the field and have some more explosive plays. Like I think his overall production and like yards per attempt and all that stuff might not be that different, but I think you'll get more big explosive plays out of him. And maybe you won't have to yeah. run him as many times, for example, or even, you know, maybe he does get more carries because he just ends up being a better fit. Like he should be better. It's just when you're already as good as he's been, it's like how much better is he actually going to be? But I do think the scheme mm-hmm. fit definitely helps them. You, you look at a guy like I think Broderick Jones as a run blocker yes. in, a, in a wide zone scheme where he can get on running and, and out running and run over guys like his athleticism should shine in this in this type of blocking scheme. Like he has the power too. I mean, it's not like he was bad for us as, as a run blocker this year, but you get him on a runway out in the middle of the field, like good luck if you're a safety or linebacker trying to deal with him. So like he should improve mm-hmm. as well. Like I think really on the offensive line amongst guys I expect to be there, the only guy that might not be a great fit is Ciamala just because he's more of that kind of baller type. But I don't mm-hmm. think he's so poor of an athlete that he can't run this game necessarily. So and Daniel should definitely like this game too. So really yeah. for the most part, like there's not as many guys who I'm worried about as I'm excited for. It's just, again, the fact that they chose to go for the, for the running game aspect of things more so than the passing game, at least in terms of developing a passing game, like the passing game will be better just by default. But like the fact that it's not in that direction does still just sting a little bit, honestly. Exactly. And I agree with that. Hey, you mentioned Broderick. That was one of the names that I wanted to bring up. I think this guy is going to enjoy getting out in space oh, yeah, and just running, running out there. Over. So destroying certainly everything. doesn't lack the the foot quickness or, no. or athletic ability to, to move laterally like not that and block. Uh, another one I might mention even is James Daniels. Like he's not yeah. a mauling run blocker. No, he's really more. He's a good athlete with quick yeah. feet. And I think that he could get out and, and do the reach block stuff really well. And so I'm interested to see how it works out overall, obviously. I, I would, and I would expect that we have a new center and a new right. left tackle, potentially, unless Broderick is that guy and the right tackle, depending on. I wanted to be a left like, tackle Broderick Jones, but if it's not, at least if we yeah. get a left tackle, I'm okay with it. But it's now, and I will say in Arthur Smith's offense, particularly, I can see Jones sticking at right tackle, honestly. Now, I think he'd be fine. I, I just, I, I think they're going to like what but, he can do in the running game, but I agree with you. I, I think that, and for me, it, it kind of depends on the situation. Like, who are you bringing in? If it right. is like a, a JC Latham or an Amarius Mims in the first round oh, of the yeah, draft, like left tackle. I think for that sure for, for sure Broderick's going back to left. Uh, yeah. But depending on the the fit, who they get across from him, uh, that can kind of uh, make an impact there, uh, which direction they go. Uh, we're going to break down plenty more of this. Is there anything else that you you wanted to add to today's show, Shane, before we sign off here? Uh, no, like, so it's, it's obviously it's the Super Bowl week coming up. A lot of focuses on that. It's not a lot of Steelers stuff. Um, but in general – we're going to be here every week. We're going to be getting stuff done. We'll hopefully have more content to work around. I might be able to mix in the second show every so often, but 
Um, definitely come back every week. We'll have more stuff. The, the chat about free agent news, that will definitely be a thing that we talk about plenty. We'll do a primer, of course, I'm sure, it's a, for some, you know, in some capacity as we get closer to that. And obviously plenty of draft stuff is going to be coming out here soon. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Shane, I mean, I am going to put you on the spot for one. All right. Thing. And this was not cool. on the agenda today. All right. All right. But I want I want your Super Bowl prediction. Oh, like, right. Of course. Going to win this thing. So my soul and my my head are <laughs> kind of aligned on this, that it should be the Chiefs. I think that at mm-hmm. the end of the day, their defense is just phenomenal. And as much as yeah. the 49ers offense has been great this year, they have just about given the game away to two teams that are not clear. They're clearly not as good as them back to back. And I think Chiefs get two weeks to prepare, which benefits them more so than Niners, in my opinion. I think that the best quarterback ultimately is going to win as well with Mahomes there. But something tells me that for some reason, the Brock Purdy narrative has to continue. And for it to continue, guess who has to win the Super Bowl? (laughs) 49ers. So I'm desperately hoping that the Chiefs can put this down a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and get that conversation shifted a little bit. Um, but yeah, I still have to go with the chiefs. I'm going to say something like, I don't think it's going to be a huge game, like 24, 20, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's about who's hot at the right time. Yeah. And, and it's, you, I just can't bet against Patrick. Mahomes. You can't because like, now it's two road games in a row to go to the super. Bowl, yeah. And he, and he handled it. So he's no 15 and three in the post. Something before, stupid. 14 like and that. three or 15 and three. I mean, it is insane. and undefeated on the road in two tries as well. Yeah, and the and you mentioned it like the way that Brock Purdy has played. Like I think that it's been more so his team carrying him has made some questionable decisions for sure. Uh, and and it, again, he's he's capable of doing it. He's capable of winning the Super Bowl because that is a talented team. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad football player, and if he can no. clean things up a little bit, they can do it for sure. But the I also have is uh, about the closest match you could come up with to the receiving core of the Niners. Like it is not. You yeah, cannot yeah. find a better team to match up with them, in my opinion. And that's why I'm going to be really interested in that because the Chiefs' defense is, is better than it's ever been under Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes now. For sure. Mahomes' receivers are worse than they've ever been. By a significant but, but they played well up, up to this point if they can do it they're, one more they're, week. they're playing better, and you still have Kelsey. You still got Rasheed Rice. And so I am going to say Patrick Mahomes. I just – I I mean, I love Kyle Shanahan. I just – I have a hard time betting against the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes running the show. And so – uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to be like something in that 23, 20, 24, 20 type of mm-hmm. range. I don't think it's going to be like the shootout game because both these teams have good defenses. Yeah, and it's sure. a Super Bowl. Everybody's you're going to put the clamps down. So uh, interested to see what that uh, how how that plays out. And we'll reconvene next week. Uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll have more. Steeler stuff to talk about then. All right. Thank you for joining us on the show. We go live every single Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. So please join us live on the show and ask your questions. Uh, follow along with us. You can follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Kubis. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Jagai. You can download the So Curtain podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also check us out on YouTube or ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain podcast. And thanks again for listening to the Still Curtain podcast. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.